Welcome to the Crossroad International Church Podcast. We're so glad you joined us. It is our prayer that God will use this message to bring comfort to those who are hurting, give hope to those who find themselves in what seems to be a hopeless situation, and to encourage the one who is struggling through a difficult season of life. For more sermon audio, resources, or if you'd like to contact us, please visit CICKuwait.com. We'd love to hear from you. Open with me, if you would, in your Bibles to 1 Corinthians chapter 10. I want to read verses 23 to 33. 1 Corinthians chapter 10, verse 23 to 33. It says, All things are lawful for me, but, all not, but not all things are helpful. All things are lawful for me, but not all things edify. Let no one seek his own, but each one the other's well-being. Eat whatever is sold in the meat market, asking no questions for conscience' sake. For the earth is the Lord's and all of its fullness. If any of those who do not believe invites you to dinner, and you desire to go, eat whatever is set before you, asking no questions for conscience' sake. But if anyone says to you, this was offered to idols, do not eat it for the sake of the one who told you, and for conscience' sake, for the earth is the Lord's and all of its fullness. Conscience, I say, not your own, but of the other. For why is my liberty judged by another man's conscience? But if I partake with thanks... Why am I evil spoken of for the food over which I gave thanks? Therefore, whether you eat or drink or whatever you do, do all to the glory of God. Give no offense either to the Jews or to the Greeks or to the church of God, just as I also please all men in all things, not speaking my own profit, but the profit of many, that they may be saved." Father, we ask that you would seal your word in our hearts by your spirit today. And Father, help us to have open ears, open minds, and open hearts to your word. In Jesus' name, amen. When we accept Jesus as Savior, we become under grace. In the Old Testament, it was everyone was under law. In the New Testament, we were under grace. And grace gives us liberty and freedom. Paul says, all things are lawful for me now. But the question is, what do we do with our liberty? And what do we do with our freedom? Verse 31 says that we are to do all things to the glory of God. And so that's what I want to just talk about a few minutes today as we end 2016 and begin 2017 is giving glory to God. The byline for CIC is pursuing God's glory together. What does that look like and how do we do it? One of the things we see from 1 Corinthians 10 verses 23 through 30 is we need to think about our influence on others. 
Everything I do has an influence on someone else. Paul says all things are lawful, but not all things are helpful, verse 23. So I have to ask myself, is what I'm doing, is it a witness to others, or is it a hindrance to others? Now everybody, do me a favor, take your feet and put them as far under your chair right now as you can. Because I don't want to step on your toes on the next two statements I'm going to make, okay? So if you have them hidden under your chair, I won't step on your toes. Is what I'm doing a good witness to those around me? Because I have the liberty as a Christian in my country to do these things, such as making my own wine in Kuwait, smuggling in my pork products so that I can have my bacon and my ham. See, all things are lawful, but not all things are helpful. Those were just a couple that came to mind. There's a saying that we have, limit my liberty by love. When you go back home, do all those things that you have the freedom and the liberty to do, but when you're in someone else's country, limit your liberty by love. See, there are some things that we can do in my background as a believer that maybe in the way you were raised is wrong. So what do I do? Do I say, no, I can do that and there's forget what you want? No, I limit my liberty out of love for other people. Verse 24 says that we are to seek the well-being of others. Do not be a stumbling block to anyone because our actions and our words influence those people around us. There is nothing I do that doesn't affect other people. As pastors, we hear that all the time. Oh, but pastor, it didn't affect anybody else. Well, not if not, how did we find out about it? <laughs> Come on now. Everything we do has an influence on those around us, either toward God or away from God. Heard a story of a young lady, gave her heart to Jesus and came home and immediately told everybody in the family that they were going to hell because they weren't Christians. That wasn't the best way to witness to them. Okay, it's by our lifestyle. Now, I could come up to my brother here, and I could tell him, I love you. Smack! And smack him upside the head. Big smile. Oh, I love you. Now, what is he going to believe? My words and my smile, oh, I love you? are the smack upside the head. Now that, that's kind of a, an exaggerated illustration, 
but our actions speak much louder than our words. Oh, yes, I love that driver in front of me. <laughs> Pastor Ralph used to say the new definition of a nanosecond. It's the amount of time between the light turning green and the man behind you beeping the horn. Oh, yes, you know, I'm a Christian. Here's a question. If you were arrested today for being a Christian, is there enough evidence to convict you? Or would they have to let you go for lack of evidence? Think about it. How do we behave? How we behave can help or hurt others. Verse 25 to 27 says, Do not be nitpicky. In other words, it says, Don't worry about where the stuff you buy comes from. Just buy it. It's okay. When you go to somebody's house, don't worry about what it is. Just eat what is set before you. We tell people that go on the mission field with us. Whatever set before you, just eat it. If it tastes good, don't ask what it is. Just eat it. If it doesn't taste good, definitely don't ask what it is. Just eat it. But if you go and they tell you this was offered to an idol, then refuse for conscience sake. See, there are things that you can refuse to do based on Scripture. I have a policy that when I go out in the bush and wherever I go, I eat whatever is given to me, except if I go out with the Maasai. Because they have this milkshake that's called Mazila Lala, sleeping milk. And it's mainly cow's milk that has been curdled using cow's urine and then mixed with blood and then to um, preserve it they put crushed charcoal in it they put it in a gourd and they sit it aside for several weeks till it gets really fermented and it's called sleeping milk maziwa lala well I can refuse to drink that on biblical grounds because the Bible says I am not to take blood. Okay? So there are things that if you know it's wrong, you can refuse on biblical grounds. And the Bible says that's for the conscience of the person that told you what you're doing and for your own safety or your own conscience sake but don't get nitpicky on everything just eat what's set before you and enjoy it amen verse 28 to 30 says do not compromise the word of god and i covered that already if you're asked to do something illegal immoral unscriptural you don't have to do it verse 31 says that everything we do, we do to the glory of God. 1 Peter 4.11 says this, If anyone speaks, let him speak as the oracles of God. 
And if anyone ministers, let him do so with the ability which God supplies, that in all things God may be glorified through Jesus Christ, to whom belong the glory and the dominion forever and ever. Amen. What we need to ask ourselves is what is the motivation or what is the reason I do what I do? Do I do it for my own satisfaction? Do I do it for my own comfort? Or do I do it to bring honor and glory to God? See, remember, sin never glorifies God in any way. So our decision-making process must begin with this thought. Is what I'm about to do does it glorify God? If not, then we probably should not do it. So how can we give honor and glory to God? We do it by worshiping Him, by coming together like this and worshiping Him. We worship and glorify God by giving Him our lives because we love Him. Remember Jesus said there are two great commandments. What's the first one? Anybody know? Love the Lord your God with all your mind, heart, and strength. Amen? So we are to love him. We glorify God by giving and doing our very best in everything that we do. I am a firm believer that Christians should be the best employees that the company has. Because we're not working for that company, we're working actually for Jesus. We're doing everything to bring glory to Him. But I remember in Kenya, we got to the place to where in our ministry, we almost didn't want to hire Christians because of their work ethic. We had one young lady that didn't come to work for a week or more. And then when she came back, we said, where were you? She said, oh, I went on a choir tour. But you work for us. Yeah, but this is ministry. But I didn't even know you were in a choir. Well, I'm not, but they invited me to go, so I went. And expected me to pay her salary for a week of her going out somewhere. And that was kind of the mindset in a lot of the church people that we dealt with was, oh, if it's ministry, then you're a ministry. I'm going to go minister for God, so you just need to let me not do my job. No. If your job starts at 8 o'clock, you need to be there at 8. Now, we don't have to worry about too much of this here because most of you... I would imagine work a lot more hours than what are required. Let me ask you, how many of you work less than 48 hours a week at your job? One hand. How many of you work more than 48 hours a week? <laughs> Almost everybody else. But we as Christians should be the best employees because we are witnessing to those around us. 
We bring glory to God by obeying His commands. And then verse 32 to 33 gives the reason that we consider our influence on others, that we bring glory to God. Paul says in verse 33, Not seeking my own profit, but the profit of many, that they may be saved. Why do we want to bring glory to God? Why do we want to make sure we live a life that is lived for others, not for ourselves? Because we want to see as many people saved as possible. Paul never compromised the gospel. In Galatians chapter 2, verse 11 to 13, I'm not going to read it, but it's the story of Peter who went here and he was with the people and he was with the Gentiles and he ate with them and he talked with them and he fellowshiped with them until some people, some Jews from Jerusalem came. And as soon as these Judaizers showed up, Peter separated himself from the Gentiles and only spent time with the Jews. And when Paul came, he rebuked him because he says, that's not right. We are all one. We need to make sure that we fellowship together as the body of Christ. One of the things I love about CIC, I remember when we first started just over a year ago, the first service I came to, at the time of fellowship, we had the, some Indians fellowshipping over here and some Filipinos fellowshipping over here and the South Africans over here and the Westerners over here. And we were all kind of broken up in our own little groups. But now when we have fellowship, everybody's mingling together. We all go out to eat together, those types of things. All of the cultures are mingling one with another. Why? Because we are simply the body of Christ. And that is a picture of what it's going to be like in heaven. Paul preached the gospel regardless of the cost. Read through the book of Philippians and see some of the things that Paul went through. Beaten, shipwrecked, spent a day and a night in the ocean with the shipwreck, bitten by a snake, beaten, left for dead, all of these things for preaching the gospel. Why? Because Paul was more concerned in people's salvation than living a comfortable life. Praise God, here in this country we have freedom to gather like this. You don't have to go very far from here and there is not that freedom. We have brothers and sisters in Christ that are being persecuted for being believers in some of our neighboring countries. We need to never forget them. Paul always looked for ways to share the gospel with others. He wanted to do it in the context of where they were. In Athens, he talked about the idol 
and it had to the unnamed God. And so he used that as a bridge to preach the gospel to them. Oh, I see you're a very religious people. I see you have a idol or a statue to the unnamed God. I have come to give you the name of that God. His name is Jesus. And he began to preach the gospel to them. Let me read a scripture to you of that Paul wrote in 1 Corinthians 9, 19 to 23. For though I am free from all men, I have made myself a servant to all that I might win the more. And to the Jews I became as a Jew that I might win the Jews. And to those who are under the law as under the law that I might win those who are under the law. And to those who are without law as without law, not being without the law toward God but under the law toward God, that I might win those who are without the law. To the weak I became weak that I might win the weak. I became all things to all men that I by all means may save some. Now this I do for the gospel's sake, that I may be partakers with you. God has called every one of us to share the good news with those around us. You can read Matthew 28, 18 to 20. Then Jesus came to them and said, All authority in heaven and earth has been given to me. Therefore, go and make disciples of all nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit, and teaching them to obey everything I have commanded you, and surely I am with you to the end of the age. So how do we do this? Number one, by being a servant to those around us. Jesus says, I did not come to be served, but I came to serve. A servant puts the best interests of others before themselves. How can we bring glory to God in our everyday life? By encouraging one another. One of the things that we come to this place for every Friday is to encourage one another. It's not just to sing and to hear the, the word of God, but it's to see our brothers and sisters and to encourage them. That's what the life groups are for. And to love others. The first great commandment is to love the Lord God. The second commandment is love your neighbor as yourself. If we truly love someone else, we will seek their good. And we will put their good above our own. So in conclusion, here are some things to work on in 2017. If you want your New Year's resolution, here they are. Number one, check your motives. Why are you doing what you do? Number two, give glory to God in your lifestyle. Do we glorify God by the way we live? Let me ask you. When you're driving on the highway, 
Are you just like every other driver on the highway, or do you drive like a Christian? I'm just asking. Why do we do what we do? And we give glory to God in what we say and what we do. Number three, ask God to help you not to give offense to anyone, not to trip them up, not to call them to stumble, and not to call them, cause them to turn away from the light of the gospel. The opposite of that is to ask God to help you be the reason that people turn to Jesus. Be an example of love to others so that they may receive the gospel openly. And then as a church in 2017, let us give glory to God together. That everything we do as a church is to glorify God. Tomorrow we're going out to have a good time, to party. Bonfire, weenie roast, roasted marshmallows, swim, play, sing, all of these things. And why do we do that? To build camaraderie with one another, to fellowship with one another, and it brings glory to God. Because I don't know about you as a parent, but I remember when our kids were little, one of the things that brought the most joy to my heart was when I could see my kids having fun and really enjoying themselves. There's just something about a dad that likes to see their kids having fun. And I think our Heavenly Father is the same way. There's nothing wrong with us having fun. Now, the church I grew up in didn't believe that. <laughs> it was, you know, very straight-laced and very strict, and, you know, you sat there and... I can remember coming home from church on Sunday and the whole side of my leg was black and blue from my mom pinching me to sit still and quit fidgeting and all of those things. But hey, it's okay. These guys, they're all here. They're taking notes of the message. They're drawing pictures, all kinds of cool stuff going on. Why? Because they can have fun in church. Would you stand? Father, we just come to you. We thank you for your word. Father, sometimes we get so caught up in what we're doing, so busy in the things of life, that we forget to spend time in your presence and working on our spiritual life. Father, that's why we're doing this prayer and fasting through the month of January to start the year off concentrating on you. But Father, help us also not to get so caught up in the freedom and the liberty that we have in Christ that sometimes we do things that might be offensive to others. Father, we want to be men and women who are good stewards of what you have given us and we want to be a light to those around us and a, an example to those around us. 
Father, I thank you for this church. I thank you that CIC is just over a year old. And Father, you've brought a wonderful group of people together to bring you glory. And Father, help us to start this new year off that everything we do is based on will it glorify the Heavenly Father. And we thank you for it in Jesus' name. And may the grace of the Lord Jesus Christ and the love of God the Father and the fellowship of the Holy Spirit be with us now and forevermore. And may you go from this place with the peace that passes all understanding, ruling and reigning in your hearts. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen.